0: The podcast
1: Hey Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery i am your host phantom troublemaker and i have just gotten home from a long 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 soul-sucking day at work and now i'm sitting down to talk to you guys before my family gets home from uh, the pool they are swimming over at some uh, friends of ours i don't know if it's their house or their neighborhood pool or whatever but it hardly matters because i'm here with you guys sipping some water and recovering from work. So first, I want to mention uh, that the cover of this episode is the dumbest cover I have made for any episodes so far. I hope you enjoy it. A lot of effort probably should have gone into it, but didn't. But this was a really, really fun episode, and I kind of wanted the cover to reflect the fun ludicrousness of what went on. And it's not not that it's all that outlandish, but you get four guys sitting together in the Phantom Zone after watching a, a pay-per-view that was full of ups and downs. And uh, it, it's, it's really fun. It's a good tone. I think you guys are going to dig it. And we don't really talk about wrestling very much. Uh, it's just a matter of we were hanging out, having a good time, and got into some pop culture talk. I mean, it was planned, but we didn't know what we were going to talk about. Uh, The the other time that this happened was the one with Hulk Hogan and Taylor Swift on the cover, which was equally ludicrous, I suppose, but it was, I I like the spontaneous just conversations. I think those are some of the most entertaining things to listen to because that's what I want most of these to be, just conversations like you sit down and have with your pals. So I think we accomplished that this week and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it but before we get to that of course I have to mention patreon.com phantom troublemaker I'm not going to do the whole spiel this time I'm just going to say if you're listening to the show and you enjoy it and you want more of what I do and you want to support me you can give a dollar you can give five dollars you can give thirty dollars you can give a thousand dollars or more but I've got great rewards on there and I just, it, it's to help me pay for hosting uh, for the website and for the podcast to get me out to conventions to pay for props and costumes and all that kind of jibber jabber that my regular day job just doesn't quite cut it. Cause I've got a family and a house and cars and bills and a roof with that needs tar in places according uh, fortunately the shingles are fine but there there are tar things that need to be done that I don't go on roofs years ago I guess shit I guess it's been about 12 years now if not longer uh, in the house that my wife and I lived in before she was my wife and we were living
2: in sin
1: sinful
2: ecstasy
1: uh, I f- went up to clean the gutters she wasn't home she was at work and I fell off the roof and it hurt really bad and I was pretty fucked up now fortunately I, I mean I was somebody was looking out for me I was blessed I, I am blessed uh, in my life I feel that way very strongly but I didn't break anything but we did go to the emergency room and uh when when I managed to crawl back inside the house, and she called her mom to come over and make sure I was okay, and her mom walked in the front door and went, Oh my God uh, because apparently I, I was pretty jacked up, and I couldn't walk right for a couple of weeks. it was it was bad. and I've had problems with my back and shoulder and stuff ever since. I mean not not consistent, not or not constant, but every once in a while, I'll be in pain for a few days and I'll be like, yep, that's probably from when you fell off the roof. So anyway, I'm not going up on the roof to put tar on fucking shit. So so we're going to have to pay somebody to come out and do that for us because my wife's not going up there either. I'm not sending her up on the roof. And uh, Phantom Jr. is only eight. So, he, you know, he might just get blown off by the wind. That doesn't seem right. So anyway, I have expenses... That I have to take care of before I start buying masks and and uh, giant prop butts for game shows. So I need you guys to help me out with that stuff. So go to patreon.com slash phantom Troublemaker. Check out all the rewards I'm offering. You'll get access to an exclusive podcast. And I said I wasn't going to do the full spiel on this, but I guess I have. But just go check it out. And maybe if enough people contribute, I won't have to keep doing this. I'm just kidding. I'll do it every time. Okay. Something else I want to put over that is not my product is Dark Knight. Now, now, normally when you see the term Dark Knight, it is dark k-n-i-g-h-t that's how we all think of dark night for years and years and years now this is dark night i say that with emphasis as though you can differentiate between the one that begins with an n and the one that begins with a k this is the one that begins with an n but it is still about batman uh, what's special about this dark Knight? a true batman story it's by paul dini who many of you may know from tons and tons and tons of, of cartoons Uh, Tiny Toon Adventures, all sorts of other things, uh, but mainly from Batman the Animated Series and other DC projects, uh, with art by Eduardo Riso. Eduardo Riso. and it is the story that I did not know about until I saw this solicited, and by the way, if you're a regular uh, visitor to NeedlessThingsSite.com you will be up on all of the hottest, latest comic books that you can order from your local comic book shop because I recommended Dark Knight about three months ago when it was solicited in Previews Magazine. So if you if you keep up with me, I will tell you the cool stuff to get, and this is the cool stuff. Uh, this is the story of Paul Dini... And the night he got mugged in L.A., violently. Mugged is not a strong enough word. uh, Beaten nearly to death. And this is a true story. And I didn't know how true it was going to be. I thought it was going to be sort of a Batman story with an adaptation of what happened to Paul Dini. But it is not. It's very biographical. It's very raw. It's brutal. And if you're a nerd of any stripe, there are going to be things in here that uh, get you that touch you very deeply I teared up and granted I tear up all the time now because I'm 40 and all I can seem to think about is like my childhood and how much better I was and how much better the world was back in the 80s the glorious 80s Uh, so I'm, I'm just going through some kind of weird sentimental thing so everything is making me cry lately but this had some stuff in it that hit really close to home uh, Paul Dini is very critical of himself, of his lifestyle, and it's it's tough. And there's not, uh, there is a resolution at the end, but it is very much this is a piece of life, and it's beautiful. Eduardo Riso's art is just wonderful and perfect for this tale because he can jump between styles so effortlessly, and yet they all look great on the page together. It's just an incredible landmark book. This is something very special that DC did. And as you read it, you'll see why it's important and why it's such a big deal that it even got published. So I give it... I'm going to do a full review of it next week on NeedlessThingsSite.com for Comic Book Wednesday. But just go ahead and go buy it now. Go to your local comic shop now. And if they don't have it in stock, get them to order it. Or go to to the uh, Needless Things Amazon store, which you can link to from NeedlessThingsSite.com. And just click on anything and then go buy it through the store. It's fantastic. Every... uh, Not even just comic book fan, but every nerd should own this and read this it's really really powerful and there there are even a couple of pitches in there for things that didn't happen on batman the animated series that maybe you know if this does well enough if it gets enough feedback uh maybe we could see that episode of batman the animated series with sandman and death in it what what yeah that's right go get this book i'm serious it's it's absolutely incredible, highly recommended, uh, definitely top of the stack. I couldn't wait to read it, and I, I burned. It's It's a hardcover. It's not like comic book length. It's, it's you know, not 22 pages. It's like 88 or something like that, and I sat down and burned through it all in one reading. It was just very compelling, and like I said, very raw and very brutal. There's a lot of emotion wrapped up in this thing. So, Dark Knight, a true Batman story by Paul Dini and Eduardo Riso, it gives super giant big thumbs up go buy it guys and now it is time to get into the meat of the show i'm gonna throw you a little music from our pals the mystery men which you can check out uh, at mysterymenofsurf.com so here's a little something from them and then here is me mike gordon sean reed and jason frazier just talking about sci-fi enjoy <laughs> things podcast don't you dare be sour put your hands together and clap for the greatest podcast of the hour (laughs) <laughs> sure. Hey, I'm wearing my Booty O's shirt. It's, it's a few things.
2: Yes, I've it is. Got
1: a, yeah, that's exactly. Well, you, are you going to lick the mic or something, like Big E? Or? I, well, I don't want to lick it because it might short it out because this is not an expensive WWE mic. It's uh, a shame that it's an audio podcast because nobody yeah. can see you hip thrusting. Uh, well, never stop gyrating <laughs> is <laughs> what Big E says.
2: This podcast <laughs> is not booty.
1: Uh, this podcast is absolutely not booty, and do you know why? It's because Mr. Jason Frazier. Is here live in the Phantom Zone. I don't know what to say. Well, that's good enough. Don't say
3: Howdy. No, no, don't say Howdy.
1: I I cannot copyright friend. Mike Gordon will stab a bitch, (laughs) and and it will happen because he is also here in the Phantom Zone. Howdy! There it is. Copyright symbol. And and finally, Red Ranger Sean Reed live. In the Phantom Zone. Hey, yo, I'm gonna steal that. That's that's good. That works for you.
0: Wait, 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 wait. So, like, Razor Ramon, want to come and beat you up now? Or well, nothing? if that
1: happens, we'll talk to him after he beats. Right, right. Oh, sure. Can we film that? What
0: are doing? I'm yeah, we'll film that.
1: Video- we all have video cameras in our pockets now. So. <laughs> I, I'm trolling for a Scott Hall interview. And I've seen I've seen Razor walk, so I mean I know we'll have plenty of time to get our My cameras out might be before it happens.
2: It'll be so this the is direction
0: of Scott. <laughs> Exactly. We'll trip you. We want to see this happen. Some, some punk
3: on a podcast is saying, "Hey, yo,
1: this is uh, this is my favorite kind of podcast to be recording, where I have live people sitting in the same room as me." it's dead people. And uh, well, you know, it happens. Uh, believe me, I've interviewed some dead people. <laughs> uh, first, uh, we, I, I want to go ahead and talk about this. Uh, we you know we're going to have fun on this show, but we have to acknowledge something that a young, bright, promising, shining star has unfortunately been snuffed out. Uh, And and I I will say this. It's tragic, but at least it wasn't a a personal demons situation. Right? Uh, Anton Yelchin, who was Chekhov in the Star Trek reboots, who was absolutely fantastic in the Fright Night remake, and uh, who's been in quite a few things and has been... Charlie charming, yeah. Uh, he, he has been charming and fun, and, and I think honestly, a, a bright spot of anything that he was cast in uh, has has he came and say passed away. Uh, he was involved in an unfortunate car accident, where uh, the the latest report says that the car he was driving had a recall on it for a faulty parking brake. Uh, but apparently he got out of the car, the car rolled, and and
0: that was it. Well, it was in neutral from what I heard. Um, it was it, in neutral, the engine was still running when the police got there. It was, uh, but yeah,
1: it, there was some kind of recall on it. But the point is that he was great in everything that he was in. He's 27 years old, which is, is so young.
0: Uh
3: have been in a lot of things. I just looked up. Yeah, story. yeah. I didn't realize he had been in He, he
0: still thing. has a lot. He has a... He's got a lot more coming he's out. He's got a cartoon uh, with uh, Del Toro coming out uh, this December on Netflix. Um, of course, Star Trek coming out. a new Star
1: out. Trek movie coming yeah. out. Uh, he's one got one
0: another one. Fil- a couple other films he's uh, done. Yeah. One he just wrapped, but, I mean... It sucks.
1: It, it's, it's a shame because he, you know, he was the young guy in the new Star Trek cast, the, yeah. the kind of the unknown factor, and was great. You know, he didn't, he didn't have a huge part in either of the movies that have come out thus far, but he was a lot of fun. And, and like I said, anything that he was in, he kind of gravitated towards him. You, you, you immediately liked the guy. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's, a,
2: it's a damn shame. Yeah, and this this year has sucked. God, it, it really. I mean, I know worse. people die every year, every every yeah. day, but man, it just seems like 2016 has man. been brutal. Every yeah. other
3: fucking day, it's like, God, who
2: who next?
0: I'm yeah. afraid to get on Facebook, and anytime I see any famous person's name
2: in the headlines, I'm like, yeah. Oh God, no! Right? God, what no. what
1: is this going to be? Yeah, yeah. Right. I see that
2: somebody is trending. You know, right. the first thought is, Oh my God, are they dead? Are they dead? Or are they in jail?
3: Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing is like that you know we the the celebrity's passing and then the celebrity's involved in some kind of horrific scandalous thing, right? Uh, and, and that's I'll take a scandal this year. I'll uh,
0: take one scandal. I don't know,
1: man. But uh, we we just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge this tragedy uh, and, and to say that our thoughts and our prayers are, are with his family, with this this young actor's family and and friends and everyone else that. You know, we can't even know what they're going through, but we just, uh, it's sad and unfortunate. And uh, I will say, though, that it it is, the fact that it wasn't like an overdose or some kind of crazy Hollywood thing, you know, at least there's that, I guess. Uh, To move on to other topics that are not quite so heavy. Stargate is being rebooted by the originators the the ones who did the movie now I don't know I don't know if you guys let, let's go around Jason, I'm pretty sure you're you're down with the Stargate franchise. Like you know um, it pretty well.
0: Love the movie. Own um, Atlantis. Uh, every single episode Own um, Stargate fg One. Okay. Every single season. So you're our historian here. <laughs> so so <all> the <laughs> fault <of Jason>. well. <laughs> well, well let's just start this because the reboot is killing I- any of the franchises that come out. They are. But, but that's not that's not necessarily
1: the intent. Because from what I understand, the guys who made the movie, uh, did not have the rights to it after the movie came out and the show went off in a completely different direction from what they had originally intended. Because since right. the beginning, you know, we know how serialized everything is now and how everything that gets made in Hollywood is made with the intent of future movies. Right, or
3: expanding but, into other
1: sort of properties. Right. But these guys back in ninety when did the first one come oh. out? Ninety two or three? Yeah, it was or maybe just five probably. or six maybe yeah. even Jason but anyway. did come out? Even even then, 20 years ago, when it came out, uh, franchises were not the thing that they are now. No. Yeah. But these yeah. guys had the intent that that first Stargate movie was going to be a trilogy. But it didn't really set box office records. Uh, I, I honestly, as someone who did not like the original movie, despite the presence of Kurt Russell and James Spader... Uh, I just didn't care for that movie. But I do enjoy the TV show. I'm not an avid follower of it, but when it's on, I watch it. I think it's had some really clever episodes. I've enjoyed it. Uh, And and if it was easily available to watch, I would probably sit down and and do a marathon a few episodes at a time and get caught up.
3: MacGyver was on... Stargate SG One. Right? right, he was Richard on. Deenu. He was on the follow-up TV show. He's only ever
1: MacGyver. as Kurt Russell's character.
3: That's right. Yeah. But yeah, um, he, he,
1: well,
3: he, I know, I, I know. He played the anti guy right? Well, don't what you're saying, I know, I know. I just like calling him MacGyver. It's like I want to call Mr. T. B A. Baracus. Um, really? I mean, come on. I come.
1: don't think I believe that.
3: No, maybe not.
1: You want to call him Mr. T? Even
3: yeah. when he was B
2: A. on the A team, yeah, we want to call him Mr. Mr. T. Yeah, because yeah. that's a great name. Point
3: being, MacGyver's always
1: MacGyver. Shout out, by the way, to Naked Toys, who is relaunching their Rocky action figure line, and there's a Clubber Lang that looks
3: incredible. Is uh, there uh, a rock Rocky now. with blood spit coming yes. out of his mouth? Is yes, there one, is. I saw that? Yes, uh, there is. Was,
1: like, uh, he's he's, he's opposite the amazing Ivan Drago figure that they right. put out. But anyway, back to Stargate. So the show, and to a certain extent, rebooted the
2: movie. I mean, it it, it, it did. The, the pilot just told the same story, right? right. Yeah.
1: But with with the show cast, right.
2: And, and maybe a few
1: variations. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, well, it's the same thing as Buffy. They right. changed what right. they needed to change yeah. to make it a longer format serialized yeah, show. Exactly.
0: And to give us that core group that we needed. Right, exactly. Because right. you didn't have just the two guys and, right. and then their, whatever the support guys were in the movie. Yeah, there weren't really no support yeah.
2: guys.
3: Yeah, the yeah, movie, I mean, the army was more of like a bunch of... Yes, army dudes, go Air over Force. there. Yeah. Air Force. <laughs> um Air Force students. Air Force, Air, Air, Force.
1: Force. Air Force. But. Cannon fodder. So the show happened, and to me, the show was a much bigger and This is me sort of looking uh, at it from the outside, not necessarily as a fan. But it seems to me that the show was really more of a phenomenon than the movie ever
3: was. Oh, I absolutely believe that. And it was a few years after the movie had come out. And then it was one right. of the first things that picked up that sci fi did as kind of their own standalone.
2: Right. Well, it started at Showtime.
3: Well, yeah. It started yeah. at Showtime. Did it start and it, showtime? Yeah, it yeah.
2: yeah. It went in syndication, and then it went to sci fi. Sci so fi so, kind of rescued it. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they had Atlantis, and I thought there was another one, too. Star- Universe? Yeah. Universe.
0: Uh, Star- Stargate Universe, which was. it Decided to be dark. Well, it went dark. <laughs> it went dark. Yeah. Star- it, it was dark. Yeah. It came out about right when um, Battlestar Galactica right. it was, it was in heavily influenced because so they by were Star. trying to grab onto that because Battlestar was ending, right? And right. they wanted another dark, heavy series. drama gotcha. show. And uh, they done, um, I think, at least one, maybe two cartoons, also uh, in the Stargate uh, universe.
1: Can I tell you guys a weird toy stuff story? Sure, absolutely. absolutely. So they did back when the movie came out. They did Stargate toys. Mm-hmm. And some of those were repurposed from other toy lines, which is something Kenner was famous for doing. Um, the Robin Hood Village was the Ewok Village. Yeah. Uh, Friar Tuck was a repurposed uh, Star Wars figure. And some of the Stargate stuff... Um, I want to say the Awestriker, which I guess maybe Hasbro... No, it wasn't Hasbro at that point. But anyway, some of the Star Trek stuff was repurposed toys. But uh, Me and the missus we're in a discount store, and I can't remember the name of it right now. It's called like Tom's or Harry's, or it's, it's some ran, It's some generic ass name, and it's a discount store like Big Lots or something. Right? Yeah. And they had Stargate bootleg Legos, bootlegos, if you will, <laughs> and they're these janky ass like just bricks like they're
3: barely even the right shapes to be stargate things well because this would have been when lego still owned the cop the patent on the brick so anyway making no uh, no, no, no this was like
1: a couple years ago oh okay this is after stargate is off the air oh shit. that we saw these okay and they're they're not even mega blocks like because mega blocks are generally known as the bootleg leg bootlegos right But they're not. I mean, they're a different brand, and they do things differently than Legos do. But this was, like, even more generic than that. These were literally, like, you get a box of 200 blocks of the exact same shape, but they give you instructions on how to make it look like a pyramid, and then there's a little figure that sort of looks like Raw. and then a generic army guy. Like, these could not be more, like, (laughs) Dollar Tree looking Yes, Air Force Guy. It was literally called Air Force Guy. Right. Uh, But, yeah, that was super weird to run into those. And then there was some other licensed brand that the same company had. And I was just like, wow, this is just failure all the way. Because it's a show that's canceled. It's in a discount store that carries, you know, 10-year-old WWE DVDs for (laughs) $1.99. Just the sad state of Stargate. So now Devlin and Emmerich, is that the other dude? Devlin and Emmerich, who were the originators of Stargate but had nothing to do with the show, right now uh, are able to make Stargate movies again. And what they wanted to do was continue their original story. Because, like I said, originally they wanted to do a trilogy. But now, 20 years have passed, and they really can't follow up the first Stargate movie 20 years later. That's not how their story they want to tell works. Uh, so...
2: I bald now. So it really work so well. <laughs>
1: and he's Ultron. What are you going to do? Come on. And he's blacklisted or whatever it is. Um, he's all of the above. So they're starting over again and I... You know, one is somebody who does not have an automatic prejudice against reboots and two is somebody who was not a fan of the original Stargate movie. I'm fine with this. I'm not saying it's going to be good because I'm really curious to see if these guys' style of movie-making still works because right. they did Independence Day, and I don't know how... They did Godzilla.
3: Right. Wait, which Godzilla? V- Broderick. Godzilla.
2: Brodzilla. Oh, the yeah. Broderick one? Yeah. Oh, God. So that's... Yeah. yeah. Oof, so that's it's not, not
1: like this is anything to get excited about, but it does warrant a little bit of discussion because it's an opportunity... One, for the Stargate, fran- Stargate franchise to be revitalized because Stargate, at this point, has driven so far into the ground that the Time Convention dropped Stargate from the name and is now, what is, Hulanta? which... Oh, my God. Right. Oh. That was my reaction. Wow. Uh... So just in time for their big big name change, Stargate is becoming relevant again. I
3: don't remember seeing a whole lot of Stargate. I mean, you see some Stargate, but I feel like it's a minor minor property, even a Dragon Con. Like in the parade, you don't see like. Well, it was math. big at Timegate for for years. I mean, um, it was well, I, I mean, it was a
2: Doctor Who and Stargate convention. Well, yeah, but I mean that's like you know me going to a tiki convention and saying, "Man, everybody there was really into tiki." <laughs> I mean, coming outside of the fact, I always felt that you know Stargate was one of those franchises that lasted a long time because nobody they, they because they, the producers of the show did what they did and got it in like they 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 exceed they didn't exceed their budget they met their qualifications they got enough just enough ratings to make it work right right and then they but they so they didn't cause any like you know controversy they didn't really get any you know but i think they have some fans but i don't see like a lot of passion for stargate out there like i do other right franchises. right
1: well and that's the thing is this is potentially an opportunity for it to become the franchise that i think these guys had envisioned it in right because i you know They didn't make Stargate thinking it would be relegated to a B-movie and a sci-fi TV show. They made Stargate thinking they were going to make the next Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever. I think that's what they went in thinking. Uh, And and I'll tell you this right now. It should have worked for me because I love mythology. When I I was a kid, all of the mythology, Egyptian, Roman, Greek, Norse, all that stuff was right up my alley. I went into Stargate so
3: excited about the potential for this thing and it just let me down for me the movie uh, I like the TV show a little bit better than the movie but even that I gave up on it about halfway through Um, but I didn't watch it when it originally came out I went back like after right. it had been out for a while, and it had been... Well, it's so.
1: only been in syndication on 800 different channels. Right. So. Yeah,
3: I went back and I was like... I think there some- is
1: a Stargate channel. Yeah, actually. I was
3: like, this is, this is pretty popular. I'll go back and i really give it a fair shake so I'll give it another one. And I had seen the movie. I feel like the problem when I came out of the movie is that I didn't feel like their... their mythology was... Uh, their, their reach exceeded their grasp. Uh, and meaning that they had this very... <coughs> lofty idea for this complex mythology but then it's it fell apart like it wasn't a stable enough it was interesting I liked what they were doing and again when they did it on it serialized on television it seemed to be a little more logical than I could follow yeah they were trying to cram too much into the movie and And I think the TV show
1: carried it off a lot more successfully but then they brought in the fucking aliens which you know I'm not down with that.
0: Well, well they've always had aliens. I, mean,
1: I know,
3: but like when you've got the little gray alien, right? I right. have
1: and to kind of check out. I,
3: I felt like at its core, what it wanted to be was like a very fun version of an ancient alien story. Of a what? Oh, a- of ancient. ancient. I thought aliens. you said. I thought you said agent alien. <laughs>
1: That would be Which, let's that's go ahead and copyright movie. that right now. Right. Mike no. Gordon, can uh, yeah. can New Legend Productions go ahead and copyright no, Alien, go, Agent Alien, and Sean and I are going to get to work on that? I'll go um, buy the domain right now. Actually. All right. <laughs> We're going to get on that. Agent Alien coming in 2018 from New agent. Legend Productions. <laughs> not, not Asian. Not Asian. <laughs> not Asian Aliens. That's, Although that's our spinoff. <laughs> agent Alien eventually discovers... Do you know that this right here, what we're doing right now, this is how Tusk got made? <laughs> believe it! I totally believe it. You know, t- it's t- a fact, huh? <laughs> Tusk. You made Tusk. Kevin Smith's horrible movie. Well, you're not me. I have no power in Hollywood. <laughs> I just typed in Agent Asian. <laughs> that is Kevin. Dot agent Asian. Well, Instead that's our. Spin, that's the spinoff of the spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> that's our pitch to the. Uh, Go ahead and, and copyright market. all three of those. We need. We need Agent Alien. Asian Alien and Agent Asian all three of those go ahead and lock God, them it's down this will be like an
0: NCIS
1: coming uh, from CSI coming uh. from New Legend Productions in 2018 2019 and 2020 <laughs> and coming soon to the Pop Pop Network AgentAlien.com will we'll be not the, available we'll be the lead in for TNA we will be the lead of the um, meeting. But anyway, I'm I uh, exotic.com is available. I'm down with this. I'm fine with a Stargate with these guys getting the chance because here's the thing. Whether or not they have the skill as filmmakers to create a new and interesting new franchise, <laughs> uh, it is an opportunity to take something that I thought was a great concept and they have learned from the first movie, they've learned from the various TV shows. Okay, they've potentially... Listeners, Mike Gordon is shaking his head on a podcast. Uh, they have potentially learned from the movie, learned from the TV show, and have an opportunity to sort of uh, bring modern sensibilities, which, which
0: may not be a good thing at all. You couldn't even say you that. Know, I know, I couldn't. I had to laugh. Let's just wait till we see how the Independence Day is. Before we can decide, I'll go ahead and tell you right now
1: how Independence Day is.
0: (laughs) Oh, there's a
1: fresh, greasy turd right out of my phantom butt. Well, that's the same Emmerich. Yeah, I know, I know.
0: And and they're saying that. I'm trying to be
1: optimistic here. It's Sunday night. I've been up for 15 hours. It's 18, 20, 20. I've been up for 20 hours. We'll watch the fantastic pay per view. Speaking of fantastic, Ah! how about Fanforstic? There's something that needs a sequel. No, man, I'm just kidding.
0: It. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we man, do have to bite to, your tongue. Real quick, okay.
1: For you guys that are listening, uh, one, I'd really like some feedback from the listeners about wrestling. Uh, should we continue covering wrestling on the podcast? Uh, I'm going to write about it from time to time on the site for sure. But are you guys interested in hearing it? Or when you see that a podcast is about wrestling or you like, I don't want to hear that, skip it, I'll come back next week And when they're talking about Scott Baio or whatever. Take off my phone So seriously, it, okay. you guys no. get, get on get on Facebook, join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group, send me a message at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Let me know how you feel about wrestling because I'm definitely on the fence about whether or not we're going to do a whole lot of wrestling now. But real quick, we do have to mention we just watched the Money in the Bank pay per view. Uh, mostly, I, I think we can all agree it was mostly poop. Yes. Uh, the tag match was great. The parts that were real. That well, were which tag match? The parts match? that were good were great. Yes, well, the four way right. tag, match.
0: Okay, tag that, match. That was
1: good. Okay, that was great. The tag match was good. Um, AJ Cena. AJ Cena was great. Was freaking match, amazing. Match of the night. Yeah. Either. But what's what surprised me is the fact that Roman and Rollins was right on uh, AJ and Cena's heels for match quality.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. surprising.
2: Uh, uh, well, I, I'm not surprised because, I mean, like I said, Rollins brings it. And, yeah. And, like, and, you know, all you, yeah, have to to yeah. all you have to do is have to be, you know, halfway good. Right, and, right. And he'll make it work. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's what I saw. Yeah. It
1: was, I mean, I, the here's the thing. Uh, one of my favorite websites, onlineonslaught.com, or oowrestling.com, colloquially known as Online Onslaught, Uh, the guy that writes there, Rick, has maintained for years that the main event is kind of the most important part because that's what leaves the sort of final impression in your your head. Uh, And this main event left me absolutely satisfied. So, uh, you know, I've got to say I'm satisfied with the pay-per-view, but the parts that were not good were really not good.
3: Yeah. There were a lot of guys that looked like they were out partying in Vegas the night before. Yes. Guys and guys. Yes. And they need, you know, they need some work. They need to work on a lot of the, the
2: angles The booking, etc. Et still So But overall I'm happy
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll, And I'll watch that I'll watch the main event again And I'll watch Cena and Styles again yeah. And I am eager to see Raw tomorrow For sure, That's and that's the thing Is it's compelling you to follow up And that's what sequential storytelling is all
3: about okay. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the end That's oh. just the mood, I was just going to say that Talking about that event, that's uh, the mood for the audience. They know where we're coming from leading into this. Yes, exactly. Time. That's why we're at whatever level of enthusiasm we have right now. Which I'm enthusiastic <laughs> I,
1: just because we're sitting here talking and I enjoy right, this. Alright, uh, right, that's the end of Wrestle Talk for you listeners. Wrestle. We will have mercy on you for now. Uh, speaking of sequential t- storytelling, uh, wh- well, before we cut away from it entirely, so... Final impression, one, two, or three words about this new Stargate movie, potentially three movies, Jason. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, give it a chance. I'm not going to sit here and shit on it without, you know, really knowing anything. I do think Independence Day, I'm going way past one, two, or three words, aren't I? Yeah. That is my prerogative as the, the the host and the owner of the Phantom Zone. Uh, okay, I'll cut it down. Uh, looking forward to it. I'll say it. Mike Gordon. I don't care. <laughs> oh my gosh! And you know what? I'm so surprised because you're typically, I know, you're usually like the enthusiastic, uh, yeah, I would describe you sometimes as a ray of sunshine. <laughs> wow! <laughs>
2: It's but I, Mike Gordon
3: going to cut a bitch.
2: Yeah, that's true, that's true. He's so, on Howdy alert. I'm sitting with the Howdy Stealer.
1: So, uh, Red Ranger, what about you? Howdy Thief?
3: Uh, howdy thief? Howdy Bandit. Howdy Bandit. It'd be a Howdy Bandit. Howdy, howdy Thief. Howdy Bandit is a solid meh. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, Jason, you and I are on the, the happy side of the room. It, it could be good. It's a very crowded marketplace for that kind of and you're right. That's right a very good point. And because, it's going to have to be special. Yeah, and it and that's a really unfortunately the bar is much higher in twenty sixteen twenty seven. It was in ninety yeah, four or whatever. Right, fuck it exactly. Came out. Like when we were having a dearth of Star Wars and there was nothing right, right do, the market was ripe for something to come in and be the new Star Wars. Right, that
1: was Stargate was com- the original Stargate movie was competing against like singles.
3: Right, yeah. exactly. And, and now
1: it's competing against Marvel movies and, and Star, Star Wars, Wars movies. <laughs> and Star DC Wars is the
3: new Star Wars
1: And movie. this new Star Trek... Okay, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Because this is something... I don't know how the fuck I feel about this. <laughs> the new Star Trek movie. And actually, Mike, you and I discussed this via Messenger not too long ago.
2: Um, well, Star Trek am, is, a, is a franchise that's very important. Probably... Well, probably out of all the franchises out there i mean it is up there Dude, either, uh, me too and uh and and this is the 50th anniversary 50th year anniversary of wait, the wait, 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 wait wait
1: wait are you saying that star trek is more important to you than Stargate?
3: Wait, wait so wait <laughs> yeah uh, yeah absolutely. all stars are not created equal no, uh, <laughs> no and aren't. uh and you know to be fair
2: on Stargate and this is the last I'll say about that but um, I've tried several times to get into it I've tried to watch them I've tried to you know I, and, and it just does nothing for me really nothing. I have tried uh, like when they made, when they when it came on to and maybe I have some resentment for it because when it came on to when the show came on to sci-fi that was when sci-fi decided to cancel one of my favorite shows ever which was Farscape oh and then they were like that hey is- Farscape fans don't worry, we're going to take some of your favorite actors Dude. and put them on our show. Dude. And so I watched the show and I'm like, this is nice. Stargate me. did a puppet episode? <laughs> <laughs> All their silly little now, alien shows were alien Oh my gosh, we definitely have a bias here. but it, okay. anyway, so anyway, but Star Trek.
1: New Star Trek movie coming, coming out. out. This is The Message, and, and you guys... That have listened to me talk to Mike before, or that used to, or that listened to our station, who and remember me on that show, know that I often look to Mike as kind of the voice of reason uh, to, to bring me down from my irrational rages, <laughs> uh, and it has happened. So I sent Mike a message saying, "Dear Mike Gordon." I find Didn't that howdy. I do not have... No, I don't say howdy. I said howdy back. Because back I am not words. Mike Gordon. Um, I find that I do not have it within myself to give one little bit of a shit about this new Star Trek movie. Is it me, or is it Star Trek? And, and the source of this concern was... and And look, we've got a... I do have to track this a little bit because you and I were on a panel at Timegate a couple of years ago, where we talked about the new Star Trek. Well, I think we talked about Star Trek in general. Um, really? I'm fucking hurt. I'm sorry. We, you don't remember the panel where a certain individual? Yes. Okay. <laughs>
2: I I said, all you had to say was a certain individual um, <laughs> so Mike and I were <laughs> on a panel that's, mine. Mike yes. and I were that's what t- I remember I didn't I didn't think we got a new word in edgewise that's why I was surprised
1: we were on a panel about Star Trek at TimeGate uh, which is a convention that I seem to not be able to get invited to any longer <laughs> um, and we talked about Star Trek Into Darkness and I was fairly positive about it and I still am it is not the Star T- again, it's not the Star Trek movie I would have made, but it entertained me. I thought it character-wise, uh, I felt like I was looking at new iterations of the characters that I know and love. It had its flaws, but I didn't I mean, I had no I had no want to shit on it. And that's still where I am. Uh, I do think the Khan thing was absurd. I think Benedict Cumberbatch's Khan is ridiculous when I think there are a few Middle Eastern actors in Hollywood, maybe. Uh, because uh, honestly, a, an actual Sikh Khan Nunian Singh would have been amazing, right. Uh, but that's not the way they went. Uh, and, and and even for that, I still think it's an entertaining movie, and, and for the most part, I dug it. No, it's not perfect. Uh, and, and yes, there were some corny references to Wrath of Khan, and, and they did some ridiculous storytelling in service of paying tribute to, to that movie. But now we're at a point where that's in the past. Uh, everybody wants to think that Simon Pegg is the Lord Savior Simon Christ of the Star Trek franchise, and
0: I don't buy that. Well, Simon Page and Justin Lynn, because Justin Lynn is a huge fan, also.
1: Well, you know what? Being a huge fan does not mean you're right to steer the ship. Yeah, there are a lot of people. I mean. So, but, but, we have a new Star Trek movie coming out at some undetermined time in the next month or so, and I cannot find it within myself to give one little shit about it. And this is the message I sent Mike Gordon, and Mike Gordon said, It's Star Trek, I'm excited uh do you want to elaborate a little bit on your comments because I'm sure
2: I'm not doing them justice? Well unlike you, I did not like in darkness at all and for many of the reasons that you just cited it, I wrong with
1: you you uh, you were a little kinder to it than that
2: maybe maybe but not Ta- even time is no no I mean I knew right at, right when I came out of the theater oh really? I mean I I cannot stand it I, there's only two Star Trek movies that I do not own. One is uh, five, and the other is in the darkness. And I have no intention of uh, owning either one of them. Like
1: Final Frontier,
2: how can you uh-huh. not own it? War, wrong, wrong, wrong you vote is the worst Star Trek scene ever. Um,
3: yeah, it's pretty. Cool. Wait, I thought the so, rule of Star Trek is that the odd number of films were the good ones, and the even number of ones. I think that is not part. correct. They switched no. I
2: think you're confusing that with the trilogies. Well, it used to be that the odd number ones were less than stellar, and the, the even number ones were pretty awesome. Okay. I mean, because you right. look at Star Trek II, two, Star Trek four, and six, six were pretty cool. Yeah, okay. and then that's and then uh, um, carry that over to uh, First Contact. Yeah, that's right. First awesome. Contact also yeah. is incredible. So, um, so yeah. But that whether was, uh, that, oh, well, whether yeah. that rule still applies, I don't know. But anyway, um, I'm looking at this with. You know, sort of trying to forget that. I mean, most of the guys who were responsible for Inner Darkness*, uh, making it wise, are no longer there right. as part of it. That there's different writers, a different director, etc., etc. So, I was, and I'm, and I look at the trailer, and I like what I see. I like the fact that um, I like because I liked the the first Star Trek movie that Abrams did. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, I wasn't too keen on rebooting. Uh, but I thought it was kind of clever the way they rebooted and still kept everything the way it was uh, uh, for the original series fans and all that um, and I like the cast I think you know Pine and, and Quinto and all them uh, make are, are good uh, for uh, those roles um, and I so I'm eager to see them do something new instead of try to retread something that has been done before so we have new aliens we have a new situation I mean from the trailer, uh, and what I grasp from the, the, the plot is that they're on their five-year mission to seek out new worlds and new civilizations. They meet one, and they get their ass kicked. That And that's part of my problem. And I love and that. Maybe it's my lack of perception. I'm not grasping any of the plot. It is kind of it is kind of a mess. I mean, the the trailer is 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 supposed to go out because the first trailer that hit was marketed to go along with the Star Wars movie, and the second one went with I don't know something else that was action oriented. So, the fact that uh, they're trying to get like people say, "Hey, this is action Star Trek. This is what you know. Right. Star Wars is is good, right? right? So, if you like Star Wars, you're going to like this kind of track."
1: Well, and the thing is, people tend to poo poo the idea of action track. But if you go back and watch the original series... Oh, yeah. It's... I mean, the, yes, it is thoughtful. Yes, it, it does portray a certain uh, human utopia. But it's an action show. They're uh, not beaming down to the planet and riding tandem bikes around in beautiful gardens. Right. They're, that was the next generation.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. That... All right. I got to tell you guys this. Early, I think it's early first season when they beam down to that vacation planet where all those nubile young people are running around in their very light nipply clothing. Yeah. Every time I watch that one.
3: Mm. (laughs) Mmm. We just learned way too much. Yeah. Well, you've, I think at
1: least two of you in this room have, have heard more than that. That's probably true. And the listeners for sure have heard more than that. So just know that, uh, probably fourth in my line of, of sci-fi uh, Phantom Excitement is is that Vacation Planet episode from Next Generation. Number one, of course, will always be Wilma Deering being molested by the midgets and <laughs> Buck Rogers. That will always be my number one. So, Jason, what? how do you feel about this new track? Well, first, how did you feel about the first two? And how do you feel going into this one?
0: I... The first one uh of the reboot I liked it because I I it gave it a whole new fresh take. I like I love dude when Carl Urban came in there and spoke for the first time, I was just like holy shit. Let's just take a moment bones.
1: to Let's just take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Bones and Judge Dread are the same dude. Yes. And the fact that if they had made a Judge Dread movie back in the '60s, DeForest Kelly probably could have
0: played Judge Dredd fairly well.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I would, I would yeah. That. All right, so they're next. Let's move on. Um, love the first one. Love the reboot to restoring, getting in there, sabotage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, the second one, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, the parts where, you know, I I'll wholeheartedly admit, didn't like the whole J.J. Abrams at first going like, oh, I'm not telling you who the bad guy is. Everybody guessing. Yeah, Dude, yeah. it's con, Don't try to freaking hide this. You know, the reveal that Benedict is con. Right. I hate it. I really hate it. I know this is one thing that we saw it on opening night together mm-hmm. and you love this. You understood it and I still hated it because I thought it was a cheap ploy with Spock going con! And I was like, dude, don't do that. Don't use that cheap ploy. You're better
1: than this. I liked it initially but now I find it incredibly cheesy uh, but I loved it. The plot of this old school guy in Starfleet trying to militarize what is supposed to be an exploratory uh, oh. uh, organization or whatever. That, right. But they didn't I, need
2: Khan to do that
1: story. No, they know. didn't.
2: No, they didn't. And, and that was a mistake. And you're right. Yeah. You're right. But that, I mean, but there were great action
0: scenes. I love when they're shooting through the thing in space, going from one ship to the other. Yes. That, that was just like, Holy crap! You this is
1: cool. People complain about the submerged Enterprise being underwater and then rising up. And, uh, shut up! It looked awesome. I don't care. Like if something, this is my metric for suspension of disbelief. If something looks cool enough, you've gotten away with it. And to me, the Enterprise rising up out of that body of water looked cool enough to justify the, the lack of logic. Yeah. and that I think is what makes Star Trek fans mad because they do not like that kind of chicanery.
2: I don't know. I, Dude, I, I don't think that. Look, I, I, you know, I've been enough. I was not offended by the fact that it came out of the water. So I don't know if that's a big bone of contention with Star Trek. Fans. That lots of folks do not like that. Well, and admittedly, it made no sense. Why in the world were they even in? Well, I think that that's atmosphere? probably that's probably the the thing that they're barking about more than the fact that it was in the world
1: Well, that's and that's what it was, is they were angry because he did it just because it looked cool. Right. And that's not a good enough reason. But for me... In Star Trek, that's not a good enough reason. You're right, and you're right. But for me... For me, dumb Phantom guy, that's a good enough reason <laughs> that, for sure.
2: It looked good. So, how I do you really, feel about I mean, this? Isn't Stargate we're talking about? <laughs> Just because it looks good, I, 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 don't, it. I don't recall Stargate
1: ever looking all that good, though.
2: That movie looks pretty good. Well, the
1: movie, no, no, no the movie. Yes, yes. Well, Star- well and you know what? That's how. That's how much the show to me took over the franchise. Because honestly, when I, th- I when I think Stargate, I'm thinking of the TV show before
2: the, I'm thinking of the movie. The
3: gate yes. is a cool contraption. Absolutely. It is a cool contraption. It's about a cool
2: contraption. so, Jason, Star Trek Beyond, how do you
0: feel now? I'm looking very forward to it. Okay. Uh, I love, first, I love the first trailer, because I just love the sabotage and all the action that the show going out. on. Sure. I, I love, you know, uh, Spock, I cannot wait to see it, Spock and Bones. About to get their butts kicked by the aliens, was right. like, "Okay, we can take this. We're going to get crap." <laughs> when oh. Spock transports away, and it just—I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, Justin Lin, great director in the Fra- uh, Fast and Furious franchise. Um, yeah, but the Fast and
3: Furious franchise is a
0: very different thing than Star. Well, it, it is, it is. But from you know, from the action standpoint. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, the action um, will be good, but it's now like, what else
1: has Justin Lin done? He's done something inside Fast and Furious, right? Didn't he did he do before. a G.I. Joe? Oh, he did. He did that second shitty G.I. Joe movie, right? The one where they took all the fun out and just made it. No, miserable.
0: that was um, wasn't Justin Lin? Oh, was it wasn't that was Shaw? No, not Shaw. Justin Lin, the guy. You're right, John Chu. John Chu? who John did Chu? You're who right. Who did all the dancing stuff? Boy, beforehand. that was really racist of us. Um, Y'all, not me. Yeah, you're right. I viewed the difference. I would like to point out to the
1: listeners, Jason Jason, did not rate. Jason differentiated between the Asian aliens. Um, I did not. So that's on me. So you're excited about Star Trek. I'm excited.
0: I mean, Simon Pegg, a fan, and I liked. you know, granted World's End wasn't great, but I like his writing. I didn't love that either. Let's take, let's
1: take
2: a side trip here. So World's End, you didn't love it. I didn't love it. Mike? I enjoyed it, but not... I mean, it wasn't the best one that i done. It wasn't. It had a lot of... I like the premise of it. Right. And I got a feeling that as I get older, I'll probably understand it more. Yeah. But it wasn't like... I wasn't in, in the second... Like, the third act falls apart for me. Well, and that, that was what it was, is...
1: I wasn't... I went into Shaun of the Dead not all that interested because I was like, oh, you know, parody zombie movie, whatever, and then it turns out to be genius. Yeah. I went into Hot Fuzz. Well, this one doesn't have zombies. I don't really care about this, and then it turned out to be genius. Right. I went into World's End, like, man, this guy got me twice before. Let's do this thing. And I was like, ugh, this is dull, and it's like, a fucking... What is that movie with Kevin Kline where, like, his wife... Wants to have a baby, and they have their old friends from college that's gonna, uh, that's gonna impregnate the the lady because the guy's infertile. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea what you're
3: about. <laughs> well, a show? You lost me on no, this It's a one. movie. It's a movie.
1: It's like a classic 80s movie about old people. And okay, the, okay, the fine. Moon? World's End is like fucking cocoon. I, never, I don't even know. What That's you're how about interesting no it, it was to me. Cocoon it was like, one or two. This is one of those <laughs> <laughs> cocoon two on the move. This yeah, is electric Boogaloo. This is one of those. If I, I haven't really, I'm an old yet. person making a movie about old people feeling sad. Well, it
0: just wasn't. It, it, it didn't. I think. I think there was too much pressure on them to try to turn out that perfect script i don't know i don't think that was it i think
1: it was just something that we didn't get and i'm not saying it's bad i just think it's i think it's exactly what edgar wright wanted to do i was getting ready to say april winter it's exactly what edgar wright wanted to do i think it's just not it didn't work for me like the other ones did was it supposed
3: to be
0: the apocalypse film
1: what world's end
0: yeah no, you're thinking No, no it's, it's robot uh, Yeah, I'm going to get confused With this yeah. at the end Which, that was World's in is the name Of the bar they're going to Because no, they're hitting
1: right. a bar That was another problem As both those movies Came out at the same time And I think it was Very confusing For the movie going public In general It clearly was for Because I didn't uh, see either of them. i take that back then They're not dumb uh, So, Sean Star Trek Beyond Do you care? No
2: now I'm like
1: a. Are very, you inclined to care about Star Trek in the first place? No, no. Okay, well, that's what I was gonna go. say. Like
3: my most of my Star Trek experience is relegated to my freshman year college roommate, who was super into Star Trek and would always leave bad Scotty impersonations on our answering machine. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> and because no I had because I had Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, he was like, well, then his whole side of the room, he was very uh, inspired to go buy a bunch of Star Trek. To I'm Hank going to up.
1: tell you right now that a college freshman who is into Star Trek is much cooler than a college freshman that is into Ninja Turtles <laughs> and Power Rangers. Well, let's be
3: clear. Nobody especially if you have Power Rangers. Soap. There was there was no worries about anybody getting laid. Nobody, that's getting aged nobody aged was getting laid. No this action
1: on this I mean, room whatsoever. Oh my gosh, can you think about that? That's like the ultimate vagina repellent is a college dorm covered right. in Star Trek, Power Rangers, and Ninja
3: Turtles. Right, right, right. <laughs> this was basically what we were advertising was, you want none of this, ladies.
1: And I want, I want our listeners to understand, we're not being sexist and we're not discriminating against geek girls. This was 95? Oof, 94. 94. 94. Times were different. Right. Ladies and, yes. and fellas. Yes, times and were very. That's
3: different. not to say there weren't women that were in the Star Trek of ninety four, but, but they I were didn't know them. super
1: damn closeted. Well, uh, I did
3: not know them, and all of the ladies that came by my room did not spend any. Time
1: I didn't there. meet my first geek girl until like two thousand
3: six. Right. Yeah, it was a very different time. It, yeah. it become, I actually, it was it was hard to be a geek. Period. It had to be even harder to be a geek girl. To, right. To be out. Like, right. It, yeah, yeah closeted like, and and well justified for being so. So you so, don't give. So, you don't so give. I, yeah, so point uh, being, uh, other than changing a voicemail message, I really know very little. I've only seen a couple of movies. I never and that's read, fine. There's watched. nothing wrong with it. I've always been impressed by what they've managed to it's do. Stop.
1: You don't have to shine it up. No, that's no, no. Right. I'm not but shining it up.
3: I legitimately have been impressed because they. Because you look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you look at the Marvel movies. Not everybody does. Well, that's the thing. That's like, a shame. Star Trek has managed to jump between film and television successfully for a very long time. And that's why I think it's like, okay, well, they figured out some sort of formula that must work. Well, but they weren't doing
1: of, it at the same time. Because they went from... They, they had, had the, well, next gener-
3: shows on television and...
0: Next well, Generation. Next Generation movie came out the same time as... Yeah. Uh, Deep Space Nine
2: and Voyager, they weren't. Yeah, I mean, well, they, Next Generation was on the same time as Star Trek Four came out. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, they were they were doing, but it, but it wasn't uh, connected. They weren't connected. No, they weren't the way Marvel is. No, but no. but I mean, McCoy, I mean, DeForest Kelly is in the first episode. Well, that's oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Next we're generation in Scottie, in, they wrote in Scotty. They wrote in Spock. Yeah, and, so. and in
3: terms of being a relative the closest thing you have to sort of an evergreen property, Star Trek definitely fits that bill. Yeah, for sure. And, and so I do respect that. Like, I don't take anything away. Like, I, I'm i not interested in it personally. As sure, as well as sure. In my fandom. Well, but it I is. can recognize, like, man, they've done some really impressive shit. It is the
2: longest-running science fiction thing that yeah. the Americans have. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's for what instance... what we cling to. <laughs> and now... And it almost died. That's
1: why they call them cling The natural progression at this point, nice... Now I'm thinking of the Dragon Con Ed. And All right.
3: Um, yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. they might listen to this. Uh, that's right. It just means that my this, George is, George is, If you're listening to
0: this with Bearmail, Phantom Troublemaker is taking sponsors for his mask. Yes, I will sew your logo onto my
1: mask or jumpsuit uh, for really no fee.
3: I'm gonna <laughs> go go create a logo that's a giant penis.
1: Right well, now. I will not put a giant penis anywhere on my person.
3: Without, without, <laughs> without, uh, without, money, without money involved. Without um, money involved. Too easy. Um, oh, 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 where's, where's Mrs. Trouble? So,
1: well, she could verify.
3: <laughs> not necessary.
1: Move on. <laughs> uh, so. Natural progression, we go to the forthcoming Star Trek. It's being referred to as a television show. It is. Um, but it is a premium streaming online service show. Much like the WWE Network. Uh, it's just going to fail. I it was well, going to CBS. It's going to, CBS. to fail. It's going to CBS. Well, it's right. not CBS.com. CBS. CBS
0: is going to have its own. All part. Access. It already has CBS All Access. Right. And you have to pay... Any show that like airs, um, Squeaky Chair,
3: pardon me, listeners,
0: you have to pay
3: to watch any of their shows right? on there. Yeah, that's because they did that with Supergirl, and I was like, I'm just going to maybe find other ways to watch Supergirl. <laughs> and I'm very excited that Supergirl's on the CW because now I'll be able to. You're going to watch TV. import copies. I'm going to watch import copies of Supergirl. Yes. Yeah, because I was like, I'm not. When I already pay for Netflix and Hulu. And I get Amazon Prime. Like, the last thing I'm going to go do is pay for just CBS for a show.
1: Well, and that's the problem I see with these streaming services is it's unrealistic. Because I have for a very long time now said I want a cable system where I can choose what channels I want. And I'll pay for them individually. That's fine. But don't make me pay for 500 channels that I only watch 12 of. Yeah, I will pay for those twelve, but that's how cable stays in business. Right. But now these streaming services, which seem like they should be the solution, but not when they're eight, nine, ten dollars a month for these very specialized, like just one channel services. Well, it,
3: they're still trying to fight the rights. And being somebody who's been a court cutter for a long, you've
1: got time, to fight for your right to party.
3: Yeah. Nice. Um. The uh. They're still fighting for the rights to get all of these different shows. There's battles because Comcast is not only an internet provider, but... But are also cunts. Yes. Comcast is a bunch of assholes.
0: And I have no problem with them.
2: Well, look. I have no problem with them either. I have had... uh, I have business class. I have had excellent service from Comcast for
1: over ten years now. But... All those imports. Comcast... The prices they are charging for this service are obscene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this now, granted, as of this month, they have increased the cap on uh, your data streaming to one thousand forty-six gigs. Correct. Whereas before it was three hundred, and everybody I knew was paying the penalty for going over that three hundred because it's on a residential
3: service. They put a cap.
1: I th- we talked about this months ago. Yeah, yeah they, they, put cap the cap
3: they put a cap. They put a 300 gigabyte cap. God, I and really, it's been all on there for three
2: years. I mean, you say that the price is insane. It is, so. It's all relative. It's like, oh, I want to watch the new Star Trek movie. It's going to cost me how much? Oh, it's going to cost me the, the same amount of money that I would get for a venti iced tea at Starbucks once a month. What's a venti? <laughs> Large. With
3: your bougie teas over here. So we what if I to, just pour out some orange juice to... at <laughs> home? Asian Aliens
1: and the Secret of the Bougie Cheese.
2: <laughs> Coming in twenty twenty one from New Legend Productions. <laughs> I mean that's you know it depends on it's just your priority. I mean some people would think that the WWE network is too high to pay. You sure. Know? So it, it depends on what they're going to offer. I mean if CBS comes out with this all access thing and it's and it gives you it's already out. Let's say it gives yeah. you like it gives you access to every single Star Trek show and movie that's ever been done. It does. So you now get you get that you you so get you, CBS now you, have, you can watch Howell. any Star Trek. Like the whole library of fifty years of Star Trek original series in Next
1: Generation and Voyager I don't Deep think Space. Deep, Deep Space, Space Nine. Nine
2: is Deep Space Nine on there? It's on Netflix. They're all on Netflix. Including right?
0: it's it's animated.
3: Right. But I mean if you don't have Netflix Then you're a fool. You, but if you don't have Netflix, are you gonna get CBS all access? Well if you're only interested in Star Trek, yes.
2: If you want to see the new Star Trek show, yeah. Well, not only Star Trek, but everything CBS has ever aired. Like, uh, hey, hits Steve, like, I love Lucy. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Star- CBS is the number one network in the country. Are so they? you can are say really? what you will, yeah. but they are the number one network. They, they, have? Have the, they have the number one show. NCIS. All people love NCIS. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you in, the, in the geek community, they might, we might be like, oh, well, we don't like CBS because Big Bang, they make fun of us, and all that kind of stuff. But they might not have the programming that geek community watches, but everybody else in the country watches She's CBS. watching that channel. Well, yes. but and honestly,
1: all- I'll bet... If you go back to, you know, the 50s or whenever CBS, NBC, ABC, whenever they got started as networks, I bet you could pick any one of those networks and they have enough programming in their library to be worth oh, eight yeah. bucks a month. Oh,
0: yeah. yes. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, any it's, network. It's right. CBS All Access is the only place you can, down, online, get the entire I Love Lucy collection. But I will say this. <laughs>
1: Whatever CBS has available is not, uh, there's there's nothing so enticing to me because there's so much other stuff available on the services I already have right. that I don't feel like I need it. And I can't imagine whenever, the, when this new Star Trek show launches that I'm going to feel compelled to spend eight bucks a month just to watch this look, show. It, 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 it depends. You get
2: the free trial for it, a week. Look, it depends. I um, mean... You know, obviously, you're going to have to try it first, and if it if the new Star Trek show is what the last two Star Trek TV series were, then I'm not going to either. <laughs> but there's talks right now, and this is still in the rumors. Well, stage. it's Brian Fuller. Well, yeah. that's that right there. Right. To me, and, is immediate. Positivity. And Nicholas Meyer, who was responsible for Star Trek Star Two, 2. Is, and also six. Is also a which I love. Is also a consultant for the series, and right now they are talking to Nathan Fillion about being the main guy.
1: Ooh. Oh, really?
2: Yes. Yeah. Look at you. That's <laughs> so I'm still I'm not th- paying. But I'm thinking for if if they do that, and I think it's a smart move. If they get Fillion to be the captain oh. of whatever ship and whatever they're doing.
3: I think that will draw a lot of people. Well, it sure will. Here's the risk: it for CBS. Now, granted, this is coming from me, who spends his life on the internet and tends to look at everything through the myopic internet lens. But I would venture to guess that, I venture a guess that a Star Trek audience is super geeky and knows sort of alternative methods for getting shows without subscribing to CBS, which then important. CBS Yes, they could import it and then the risk is that if not enough people are paying then C B S is gonna pull the plug on it. Well that so is the fandom such that they're going to be willing to pay the eight bucks a month essentially for maybe just one show on C B S.
2: Voyager by itself was not enough to save UPN. Right. So Star Trek by itself is not gonna be enough to save CBSL, well, right? I'm not they, saying, they have something else. They're, they're going to have to, to if they, Well, to if CBSL Access puts, like, in addition to a new Star Trek show, if they have a new, say, CSI show or NCIS show. Or I Love
1: Lucy on, as Jason can, seems to be so enthusiastic <laughs> about it. I mean, that's <laughs> worth eight bucks. You can
0: <laughs> only I can say, there. you can't get that anywhere in well, stream. And you're right. It is it
3: is one of the... It's one of the classic comedies right. Well, I'm not even saying save CBS Access. I'm saying, well, it save Star Trek. Like will well, CBS All Access go? Well, this this online this streaming service only show did not get us enough new subscribers to justify continuing right. to produce this show. Right, but so we're going to
0: drop. But what well, might happen is, is you know, the first episode is going to air on CBS.
1: Right. Well, I thought the first two. I thought they were showing the first two, and then it was moving to the street. I thought
0: it was just the first one. Well,
1: it's it's true true and who knows how they're going to cut it up? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But true
0: true even, but they're giving you they're giving the, the public taste. at large is getting a taste. So you're right. getting a taste to so, to see the numbers from the week before that first episode airs, right? And then the week of numbers because I mean, be exclusive. if it sucks, nobody's going to sign right, up for right. it. Right. Well, right. It's, I'll tell you this: it's not going to suck. It's Brian mm. Fuller.
1: No, I'm telling you that first one is not going to suck. I would put money that it's not going to suck because I think enough intelligent people are involved. Now, it may start sucking after that.
3: Well, a lot of it depends on how much money. I mean, as we saw with Supergirl. I
1: think means, they're, like, they're going to sink a lot of money in into Does that they feel like first they have one? a short thing. Cuz if, thing if
2: you look at if you if you uh, well, there's a difference there. CBS doesn't own Making Supergirl. That's right. why they've dropped it. Right. Uh, because it's not a CBS show. And right. it costs them a lot of money right. to license it. Now, they own so, Star Trek. Oh, right. so they own Star so Yeah, so they're right. taking
3: money into that Fair is well. kind of like... Makes yeah, they'll sense. get money back. That Right. That's, All so right. that's, All right. that's All right. a so we, people, say, yeah.
1: I don't want to get too deep. We got, we've got to move on um, to another aspect of Star Trek, which I didn't intend on this being a Star Trek episode, but... Once you start talking about Star Trek, there's so much to cover that it's it's a very intensive topic. Uh, this year represents the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Uh, those of us who follow Doctor Who know that three years ago, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, uh, and there were varying opinions about the success of the BBC's celebration of that 50th anniversary. How do you guys feel, and, and Sean, I understand you're not following Star Trek, but you're aware of its place in media history. Yeah. You're aware of what's going on with it right now. And opinionated aspect. Um, and Mike, yes, exactly. You have an opinion about things that you don't even know about. So right. we, we know you can talk. I can make up. Jason, Mike, I know you guys are both invested in Star Trek. How do you feel right now about how the 50th anniversary is being handled? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this one uh, to get my big, fat voice out of the way. Uh, I'm not impressed so far at all. Uh, And I'll tell you where I'm coming from, and the listeners can probably guess this. You guys might be able to guess this. The fact that we're in the 50th anniversary and there's no toy line whatsoever to speak of. Not even special releases. Now, Diamond Select Toys does still have their weird half-statue, half-action figure things that they're doing. But we have no toys coming out. No Toys for Beyond? To commemorate. No Toys for Beyond. Hasbro... Rested the license away from Playmates back in 2013, when after the abysmal failure of the 2009 movie line, uh, that Playmates, you know, they didn't do a bad job with, but they were entering into a really weird market at the time uh, that was very crowded, and that Star Trek, let's be honest, didn't have the best name recognition at the time. Uh, I think Playmates did the best they could with what they had, but it, it failed miserably. It, to this day, you can still find figures from that line on clearance in stores. Uh, so Hasbro got the master license in 2013. Well, not the master license, but they got the action figure, like the the bulk of the toy license, and have done nothing with it except for their Creo building, their their uh, their Lego knockoffs.
3: Well, that's because Creo has everything,
1: right? Uh, but they have not launched any kind of action figure line, nor do they have any plans to. So we have no Star Trek toys specifically to commemorate the 30th anniversary, though I do want to put over Diamond Select's incredible uh, Starship Legends line, which is the, the small toys with the sound and lights of the various space uh, spaceships. Those are incredible, but we still, there's no 50th anniversary stuff. We have, uh, if you go on Amazon, you can look up Star Trek 50th anniversary, and there are some products. There's some books coming out. Uh, they are doing a special Blu-ray set that includes the original series, um, the animated uh, remasters of the animated series, and all of the original cast movies. Um, so it's 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 a really nice 50th anniversary Blu-ray set. But that's kind of the big thing. Like, there's some pens. there are a few things here and there, but I feel like at this point we're halfway through the year, and I don't feel like a big deal is being made of what is, as Mike said, America's longest-running science fiction franchise, a cornerstone of American culture, in my opinion, certainly, as being born in 1976, a cornerstone of my pop culture identity. And I feel like it's it's just on the back burner, and we've got and there's a freaking movie coming out, and there's just no fanfare whatsoever. Mike, how do you feel about this?
2: I, I think you're right, um, but Star Trek's biggest problem has always been, at least um, for the last couple decades, is the fact that there's it's a it's a ship without a captain. There's like ever since Gene died. Mm. There's just nobody there to to steer the ship, to care for it, to, to to have a vision of what Star Trek should be, and and to make sure that no matter what's done, is is done as best as it can be for the fans and and, and as you know for Star Trek on it, it's paramount and CBS own it, and they just put out whatever they think will make money, um, but you know I know that JJ has. He's, like, in charge of the movies, but he doesn't have any say on any of the television stuff or any of the toy stuff or anything like that. Well, and to and be there's, honest, just, there's just nobody... There's nobody there. Now, I don't think, you know, that you mentioned the, the, the Playmates line, and that was pretty cool, but it still wasn't over, like you said. Right. And so I don't think Star Trek toys have been over since Miko. Like... Like when I was young, playing with them, they were really cool no. They had a little enterprise and everything.
1: Playmates, their their line uh, in the '80s and '90s was huge. Gotcha, hugely successful. Uh, they because they started off with Next Generation because they picked up the Next Generation license from Glue because Glue did the three and three quarter inch figures, and they didn't really go anywhere. Playmates picked up the license and they turned just Next Generation toys into a massive toy franchise that covered the original series, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, all of the original cast movies. I mean, that line was massively successful. Uh, They had exclusives with every retailer. They, I mean, the the Playmate Star Trek line was a landmark not just in, in science fiction toy history or 90s toy history, but in just toy history in general. It was
2: massive. And, and Star Trek has created history many, many, many times. I mean, when Next Generation came out, it was history making because of it was syndicated. And it was the fit, it ushered in a whole new wave of syndicated shows. Right. And so, but for the last 20 years, I mean, those last two series that they did were pretty much for adults. You know, there wasn't any real push to get kids involved with Star Trek. Yeah. And I think that's hurt a lot. Same thing that's going um, on with comics now. Uh, the Right. Well, there, I mean, there's a decent... IDW's doing a decent job with the comic. Uh, the art is done by uh, Tony Chastain. Oh, no, I mean comics in general. Right. Well, yeah, there's that. But, um, and, look, I just don't think that they were... There was nobody there that was like, we really need to coordinate an effort and make this a big deal. Right. So... I, yes, we're lucky yes. we're lucky to get a Star Trek movie, but that's not because of the fiftieth. It's that's just because it's just how, how it landed. Like exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. how it landed. So there's no real effort to to like to to put together a fiftieth anniversary special or I mean and it's all so um, broken up. I mean you have like actors everywhere. Um, and it's just it's it's just not something that it would take like a general you know, to put it all together, and they just don't have anybody like that. It's just run by a corporation, which is the, you know, a, a sad state for, for Trek. I mean, we're lucky to get anything cool out of Star Trek. Right, right. Sean, as, as someone who doesn't
1: consider himself part of the Star Trek fandom, looking, looking at the franchise from outside, do you even have a perception that there's a major anniversary this year? Are you even cognizant, aside from us talking about it right now, that, oh, Star Trek started in 1966? This is a big deal.
3: Uh, I knew it was old. I had no idea this was the 50th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew it was old because it, it's something that was around yeah, right, when right. I was a very young kid. Right. Like it, pre- it was in reruns when we were babies. Right, exactly. You know. So I, I knew it's been around for a long time. Um, but I think what Mike said is, right, it's the fiftieth anniversary of anything is going to be always a little tenuous to get right because unless you have somebody behind it that is a true fan of it, it's really just a, a property that somebody owns right. So if there's not somebody somewhere in a, in a position that they can make decisions with regards to the property that has a true love for the property, everything is just a marketing decision. Yeah. and when you're weighing those marketing decisions against other things, Nobody like, they're like, uh, unless we can find a way to spin this into a large money making endeavor, then we don't care about it. I mean, even like sodas, you know, Coca-Cola has botched many of its own anniversaries because they just try to turn it into a big advertising bonanza. And when you've got something like a science fiction property or a fantasy property that is so close to the fans' hearts, if you treat it just as another opportunity for it to be like a Black Friday or a Christmas right? right. you're you're doomed to fail at least some things. Yeah,
1: everybody's going to shit on it because they're going to see right through that.
3: Exactly yeah. and, and so it's, it's, it's a tenuous place to be um, I mean look at what's happening with G.I. Joe
1: I don't want to look at what's happening with G.I. Joe Jason, <laughs>
3: they, as, <exactly. laughs> as a lifelong
1: fan of track my point.
0: Okay, I'm coming at this from a little different perspective than especially you. Okay. I'm not a big toy guy Sure. Uh, I, I think I would... out of this room. <laughs> I own three toys at home. That's about it. God, we're not Good even, for you, sir. I'm never having you... No, I
1: encourage this. <laughs>
0: uh, you're
1: a you're strong,
0: I, wise man. As a fan of the series, you know, it's the 50th anniversary. It doesn't really do anything for me. I know it's big milestones, stuff like that, but... Sure. You know, as long as they're putting out good product, and they've put out some great products in the past. um, And, you know, it's revitalized still, no matter what. It's not dead. Star Trek, um, the one with Scott Bakula, I forget right now, uh, didn't kill the entire franchise. Props to Count Bakula, even though he was on Star Trek Enterprise. Um, Which I hear got good at the end, but I'll never know. It, it did, but it, it did. just got confusing. Yeah.
2: It did get good at the end.
0: But, um, you know, it didn't kill the franchise. They've rebooted it. So, there's a new movie coming out. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, especially with the books. I love the books. Yeah. The books are not going to die. The books are going to keep going on, uh, no matter what anniversary it is. So... It'll live to be a hundred years. So your
1: stance is essentially: I, I don't really give a crap how long it's been around. Just give me a good product. Yes. Yeah, that's that's very practical. Much like your stance on toys. Very wise and practical. <laughs> Kudos to you, sir, for not being an obsessive, insane dork.
0: I, I, hey, I have my obsessive, sustained stuff. Sure, sure. I got I, my Blu-ray collection is huge. CD collections huge. God knows I'm working on vinyl. Oh God. Don't, don't, no, don't stop. You're sorry, making dude, me think dum dums. Already. I've already I've, I've, I dabbled in dude.
1: vinyl and feel like
0: an idiot for it. I am sorry. I'm already past it. Well then I'll I'll sell you I'll sell
1: you my vinyl.
0: I am, I've been looking at it every time I come over here well, thinking, God. Yeah, make me an money. offer.
1: Um all right. So I think we've gotten as much Star Trek talk as we can in, probably as much nerd pop culture, whatever talk as we can in. Uh I want to do uh, a wrap-up here because I don't want to end on the sadness of the Star Trek 50th anniversary. I <laughs> no want to,
0: sadness. They're I still want,
1: putting out good stuff. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, I want to end on one positive pop culture note from each of us. And we'll be doing... Uh, again, I'll kick this one off. Uh, I'm just going to give it a little teaser. About two months from now, we will be doing an episode about DC Comics' Rebirth in its entirety. But for right now, I'm just going to say to the listeners, give these books a chance. Uh, thus far, I have read, uh, of course, DC Universe Rebirth. Uh, I've read Flash, Detective Comics, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I was very disappointed to find out that Wonder Woman was the weakest of them. It's not bad, it's just the weakest of what I've read. Everything else has been fantastic. And these are just the Rebirth issues, not the actual number one issues of the comics. But uh, I will tell you right now, if you're doubting DC Comics, give Rebirth a chance. I've been very, very pleased so far, and I'm very excited to go to the comic shop this Wednesday and pick up the new stuff that's coming out. Uh, I've... I have a lot of hope right now invested in DC Comics. Uh, Sean, do you have a positive pop culture note for us?
3: Yes, I actually uh, got to attend Heroes Con this weekend. Yeah, yeah. First, yeah. And first and time, right? First time. First wow, that's um, amazing. And uh, I just went up for Saturday. It's thankfully not a, a terribly long drive. My friend Taylor and yeah, went yeah. Up. Um Next year I will probably go for Saturday and Sunday. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely worth it. Uh, fantastic convention. I love that it was really comics-focused. Um, got to see some good friends. While I was up there, my friend Katie Rex and her comics, um, that she's working on. And unfortunately, I, I'm drawing a blank on all of their contributors and the folks she's working with on those comics. But, uh.
1: Website, anything?
3: Um, for Katie? Sure. Or for her stuff? Uh, the comic, the one that's, that's Jade Street Protection Agency and Kim and Kim, um, I'll send you links. To Google it. And or Google it, that too. Uh, Katie Rex is the writer of those. Um, but yeah, had an absolute blast at that con. Loved that it. it was very comics focused. Um, met a bunch of great artists. Uh, my friend Taylor got to meet Kelly Sue DeConnick and was over the moon. And um, and Kelly Sue was great as always. I met her at Dragon Con a couple years ago. She was very nice as well. So um, and uh, yeah, so that's my positive note: is that just a fantastic super geeky, spent way too much money Comics Weekend.
1: Recommended for everyone. You Absolutely. Con, for yeah. sure. Yeah,
3: really. And if you have kids, I feel like it's super... Yes. yes. It's like,
1: That's I, one of their focuses is being family friendly. Yeah,
3: I, I, I'm going to bring uh, my two older nieces to Dragon Con this year for one day, but at the same time, I kind of wish I had uh, brought them to this one, because I yeah. feel like they might have enjoyed this one a little bit more. Like They may be a little overwhelmed at Dragon Con. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like this one would have been a better introductory one, so I okay, will definitely be taking them to it next year, I think.
1: Jason Frazier, positive pop culture note.
0: Meatloaf did not die, he just fainted. (laughs) Thank (laughs) God, right. Uh, That was scary. It was scary. Uh,
2: Hey,
0: uh, he's Meatloaf too. Yeah, yeah, he got the Meatloaf tattoo.
3: So, for me, it was scary. Like, oh shit. Yeah,
1: you're But how fitting
3: that that he passed out from dehydration in the middle of singing, or partway through singing, I would do anything for love. How many people actually thought that was part of the song? <laughs> like that it was just part of the performance? Well, well what hurt? He's really selling. Mean, he's what, done it before. What hurt? It's not the first time he's collapsed.
0: Yeah, it's not the first time. But what hurt? Oh, God. Uh, a friend of mine pointed this out to me. I went back to watch, but um, <laughs> he's lip syncing. Uh, you go back and watch the video when he passes out, <laughs> Mike fall. <laughs> The vocals are still playing. Well, uh, really, okay, really.
1: well, well, but wait. A lot of artists have backup tracks to support
0: uh, their vocals.
3: Yeah. Yeah, well. I
0: can't. I don't blame him. I don't blame him because one, yeah. part of the thing is, and part of my reasoning is he had backup vocal tracks, is he was still sick. He canceled the first two shows before that. Right. So, you know, he's probably coming out there because this is his bread and Butter there. Yeah. Right. So they probably had that there, like you said, as background vocals to help support him through... Because I've seen the guy at his concert. Yeah. He it, does not do anything that's pre-recorded. Right. right. Easily, yeah. like it was an arena off. show, right?
3: Huh? It's an arena show? Yeah, in it was Canada. A, yeah, so it's, if it's a big arena show, I can totally see using backing vocals as kind of a supplementary thing because has a whole lot of sound to get to a whole lot of people. Right. So So,
0: my my point is, people probably thought that was part of it because they keep hearing that. Right. They didn't realize that the band members were like, shit. (laughs) Dude, don't die on me. So Meatloaf
1: lives. Excellent news. Let's close Mike Gordon positive pop culture news note point break.
3: Well, I'm going to echo... I don't know. That's a uh, negative part. Because that movie, that remake sucked. I'm going to
2: yeah. echo your your sentiments about DC for a little bit, just because I, I everything I've read so far has been... I um the rebirth issue was good. Oh man. The uh the Batman was good. Uh I like the Wonder Woman. It was just a teaser, obviously, leading right, up to it. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, great Rucka, so Yeah. Uh, and it, oh. it what was really comfortable about the Wonder Woman was it brought a lot of things in like that we hadn't seen in a while. So it was like these you, obviously ruck is like I'm gonna straighten out this yeah. It was not a continuation of Azarello's Right Wonder yeah. Woman. Or any of the uh, uh, yeah, the yeah. new fifty two at all. Yeah. So um uh and I read The Superman and actually I like that a lot. So I was surprised by that. I took a chance on that and I've got a few others. But what I also wanna uh I'm really jazzed about uh, you know, um indie comics. I just think and I'm not just saying that as an indie creator, but um I love Images policy of the first trade is nine ninety nine. Yeah, I love that because it's just a low cost way to to jump in and try something new.
1: Yeah,
2: whether it's uh, you know whether it's um, uh, Paper Girls. Have you read Paper Girls? I have not. Oh, that's so good uh, because uh, so? I, I love uh, Bre- wait Brian K.
1: Brian on yeah. and oh, it's not Chang. It is Cliff Chang. Is it Cliff Chang? Okay.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I love
1: both of them. hmm But reading the description, I was like, What's well, it's Paper Girls and Aliens, and I'm not particularly into either of those things, and I understand, yes, obviously it's going to be
2: great, but I, I just haven't. I read uh, The First Trade of uh, Deadly Class. I'm usually not I a didn't. big Reminder fan, but I, I did didn't. enjoy it. Oh, really? That's funny,
1: because I usually love Rick Remander, Yeah. or, or whatever. Uh, and I did not care for that one.
2: Cause I, uh, and the art I thought was beautiful. I could, I could
1: have given you the first six issues of that, I think.
2: <laughs> for um, free. Uh, but instead, I will include them in
1: one of the Needless Things mystery boxes to a future contributor to patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker.
2: Or support uh, Phantom.com. Excellent. Excellent. So that's I that, just, that's, yeah, I that's like good. the fact that, you know, I mean, uh, people, if they're complaining about events and reboots and superheroes and stuff like that for comics, yeah. there's so much out there now, more so than ever, yeah. that there's an alternative that's an easy alternative, that you don't have to, you know, the trades are there, um, and uh, I, I'm excited. I, I just, I've been eating those things up. There's a, I just got it. Have you guys seen the the, the wrestling one, the the the, um, the one by Image?
3: Yeah, uh, Ringside. Yeah, you've up, did Isn't, it? isn't yeah. it good? Yeah, it's not bad. It's I not super it up, wrestling but... focused. It's a story in which it just happens to involve wrestlers. Right. So because like the first trade's called Kayfabe. Which I was like, yeah, yeah they use a sense. lot of the wrestling language, a lot of the wrestling lingo. Um, I
1: just felt like I I have been a part of, I've witnessed and been a part of enough backstage wrestling drama. I do not need it in a comic book. This
3: is uh, this is almost more of like not Sopranos because it's not that gangster, but there's a gangster element to it. But it's like uh, a wrestler and a friend of his who got mixed up in some stuff. Uh, it's an indie wrestler, his friend got mixed up in some stuff, so he's going to help him. And so it's kind of, like I said, wrestling is the backdrop, and a lot of the wording, they use a lot of the wrestling verbiage, kind of like we do in regular parlance, right. that non-wrestling fans go with. Them. As in, the you're scene. putting over this comic. Exactly, uh, <laughs> um, or I got
1: swerved. <laughs> Uh, it kind of sounds like you got swerved. I'm yeah. gonna be
3: honest. Now, no, not on this one. I will say, Paper Girls swerved me. Like I knew nothing about it going in, and I was reading it, and then I got, I got reading the first trade, and then I got to the end, and I went, I did not see that coming. Like yeah. I thought it was gonna be like a slice of life comic about the 1980s in a northeastern town. And
1: That's then, kind of why I didn't pick it up.
3: Yeah, and then it was like, Poof, holy, there's this. Whole I'll other have thing to check happening. it out because I like yeah. both of them.
1: All right, so we have some positive pop culture notes to go out on. Uh, we're going to go around and uh, discuss where we can find everybody online and what you were up to lately. Mr. Jason Frazier, have you improved your online presence any since the last time you were on the show?
0: I've actually made it worse. Oh, <laughs> wow. Did you close down Twitter or something? Uh, not Twitter, but. He's I was on want... Friendster. Got no. uh, new. I don't want to have no online presence. I've. Crowd to say I'm out there
3: on
1: right now. Oh, that you know what? That's probably for the best. Once again, another wise decision on your part.
3: Uh, Sean, where mad. can we
1: find you online?
3: What are you up to? Uh, probably the best place that we'll eventually get updates is DeathPod.com. D-E-T-H-P-A-W dot There will eventually be another episode of the Death Podcast. Uh Heyo. Hey That first episode is awesome. That first episode was amazing, had uh, had one Jason Frazier on. The second episode has Mike Gordon with, as I have said, the finest interview you'll hear with a folk band in in a Taco Bell this year. Um, lots of qualifiers on that. Uh, not because... Of the actual second episode was too hot for podcasts. The actual second episode <laughs> involved um, a, a few intoxicated folks after Phantom's birthday. Uh, that may never see the light of day. Maybe if I ever start a Patreon, I'll use that as a major special. I'll yeah. be the special. I yeah. buy it at this level. Um, but yeah, so Uh Check it out. I'm going to be adding more stuff there. Twitter. Twitter is... Um, don't worry about Twitter. I need to rebrand it. Yeah, Instagram is do. also Deathpod. D e t h p a. There you so. go. You can so.
1: see pictures of his beard. Yeah, and it's glorious. Mike Gordon, what are you up to? What has New Legend got going on? Where can we find you online?
2: We've got. Uh, we just uh, came back from a successful uh, hukilau, a tiki convention in Fort Lauderdale. Very excited. Um, and was uh, there actually
1: a mermaid striptease? Did I see that? There was a there was burlesque a show. there was
2: a burlesque show underwater burlesque show. Yes. Wow! It was—I mean, add that into my con. Uh, no was, kidding. Tour next it was uh, very cool. It looked uh, amazing. It, it was—it was yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a great weekend overall, um, and uh, we are uh, putting the finishing touches. I just got some art uh, just a little while ago from uh, Peter Cutler on Tiki Zombie Three. It will be done. Um, and, uh... Coming in 2022 (laughs) after Asian Alien, (laughs) Asian,
1: Asian, and whatever.
3: Anyway, you can find out about... (laughs) We'll have an interview on the third episode <laughs> of <laughs> to Podcast. You can, exactly.
2: <laughs> you can find out about uh, that comic as well as everything else I'm up to. New Legend Mike is the domain, newlegendmike.com, as well as that's my Instagram name, my Twitter name, all that sort of thing, and, uh, Facebook, and, of course, you can find me weekly on EarthStation1ESOPodcast.com. Uh, ESO all right.
1: That was excellent. Thank you guys for hanging out and doing something live in the Phantom Zone.
2: Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you you.
0: Need less things. Need less things.
1: All right, that's enough. I'm sorry. I but I just I love New Day. I love there's so much good stuff going on in WWE right now. Uh, that it excites me, and there's there's some stuff that's not so good. But you've got New Day, you've got Enzo and Big Cass, you've got Kevin Owens, you've got Sami Zayn, who's really growing on me. Uh, that guy, uh, it was his, his interviews are what are getting him over with me with me right now. He's great in the ring, but that guy can get across exposition like nobody's business. Uh, he can really throw some words out there. Uh, just and lots of lots of great stuff and the ending of Money in the Bank was great. But I, I don't want to bore you with wrestling talk because I know everybody's not crazy about it. And seriously, like I said in the show, give me some feedback on that. Join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group. Just put up a post there. Shoot me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Or the most effective way to communicate with me is to go become a Patreon on, go become a patron on patreon.com slash phantomtroublemaker and uh, send me a direct message there. And I will certainly get the message from you. But uh, let me know what you think about all that. Let me know what you want to hear about. What kind of topics do you want discussed on the Needless Things podcast? And, of course, on NeedlessThingsSite.com, we can always use suggestions for content. This past week, uh, new toy review. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was right now. Oh, Weird Al, the new Weird Al figure from neca It's freaking incredible. Go read my full review on NeedlessThingsSite.com. This coming week, I've got another Why I Quit Collecting Toys post, uh, another toy review for the DC Icons Harley Quinn, and then, of course, Jerry and Christina and Beth and Devlin and, and everybody else will will or won't have posts up this week. But I, I'm not strict. I'm a good boss. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And
2: of course, it's at NeedlessThingsSite.com. Love you. Mean it. uh Uh-huh.